everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a first-time guest. Who are you, first-time guest? I am Kelly Bartlett. And uh, I was around on the Tough Pigs Forum in the early days. so That's right. A classic member of the gang. Long time Muppet fan friend. Yes. So, and today we are so thrilled to have you to to join us today to talk about minutes 57 and 58 of The Great Muppet Keeper. In these minutes, Peter Falk finishes telling Kermit's story. And then Kermit confronts Miss Piggy about the events of the previous night. So we come in in the middle of Peter Falk's monologue here. Um, He's just finishing up the story about Kermit and his brother-in-law, Bernie, and all that from last week. And then Kermit cuts him off by pointing out, you are 100% wrong. I mean, nothing you've said has been right. Well, he actually does get to the end of the story, though. Well, that's true. That's true. You're right. Cuts him off as a poor choice. Yeah, he takes the, the, the last of his money and sinks it into the glass slipper business. It's a sad story. Right. Although, like, I don't... I. I've always felt like this bit kind of runs out of steam towards the end. Oh, really? I I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I assume, I assume you talked last week about Peter Falk and Columbo and, you know, all, yeah. but, all but, that. What, but I actually have on my notes to ask you, like, what Peter Falk thoughts you have. So go ahead. <laughs> well, no, it just, it, I mean, I didn't watch Columbo when I was a kid it was around but I was too young and uh but I mean I definitely knew who he was and had that image because he at the time you know was huge and known for being the clever detective so it's kind of brilliant that he's like the opposite of Sherlock Holmes here I mean he you know (laughs) he glances and then comes up with entirely the wrong story um which I thought was hilarious and um then I just I love the that moment when Kermit tells him he's wrong and then he's he's quiet for a second and thinking about it like first of all that he's shocked that that bizarre story wasn't exactly right and that he's totally confident that he's going to get it right this time and it like you guys on previous podcasts have talked about uh, all the moments when the Muppets like just have these beautiful little silent takes. And so he was kind of being a Muppet there, you know, having that. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's not that I don't like this bit. There's just something about the way Kermit says you are 100%. I think it's because like we, the audience know that he's hundred percent wrong already. Right. So like Kermit saying it out loud kind of makes it a little bit less funny to me. I I don't know. Do you think like, maybe it's like too many too many little little endings or buttons on the bit? Yeah, like, I, I first he finishes think... the story, then Kermit tells him he's wrong, then he tells him can you please leave or trying to make a movie. Like right. maybe I, it's too I, many I, endings. Yeah, I kind of think it would be funnier if Kermit's immediate response was just I hate to be rude, but we're trying to do a movie yeah. or something. You know, I, I don't know. Again, this is a nitpick. Yeah, it's not like I, you know, oh, I hate the great Muppet Caper. Now, <laughs> I suspected you did. <laughs> right, right. You heard it here, everyone. Anthony hates the great Muppet Caper. It's no. my least favorite movie. No. Um, but I was gonna say this. I, I, I like Kermit's line. I think his his because deli- his delivery is so dry. I, I think mm-hmm. it, it works for it. And I'm kind of surprised this hasn't turned out to be any kind of internet meme. 
because it it reminds me a little bit of that clip from uh, Billy Madison, where the guy tells Adam Sandler, you know, like, you, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is dumber for having listened to what you just said. Which, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen that used as a meme online when somebody says something dumb and somebody else wants to insult them. So I feel like this could be very useful for that. He says, you are 100% wrong. I mean, nothing you've said has been right. So, you know. Well, it's almost like someone who runs a successful and popular Muppet fan site would make that, that meme if they want. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll put something something together. Although, on the other hand, like I'm already kind of annoyed at how often Kermit has been memed already with the the none of my business drinking the tea and the thing where he's looking frustrated and that from that car commercial. So I don't know if I want to add even more to the memification of Kermit the Frog. Yeah, it's too late. You you did it already. It's out. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, and actually a slight tangent on that note, I actually today had, so I'm a middle school librarian and I was talking to a class of sixth graders today and one kid raises his hand and says, do you have any Kermit books? And then his buddy started laughing. So just like <laughs> the idea of Kermit the Frog is a joke. Because they probably the only seen it from those. Like they, they don't really. That kid has probably never seen a Muppet movie or a Muppet TV show, right? Right, right. But so I immediately went into my office, grabbed my copy of Before You Leap and handed it to him. <laughs> that that absolutely happened. Because, of course, the answer was yes. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, so, and now you have just made a lifelong Muppet fan in that kid. Right, because he's going to read Jim Lewis's terrible frog puns and <laughs> fall in love. You never know. All right. You, you planted no, a seed. That's that's true. I, I may have. Um, but uh, get, getting back to the topic of this scene, I was going to say, I love how polite Kermit is about asking him, like, he... Kermit says, I hate to be rude, but we're yes. trying to do a movie here. <laughs> Which is like so Kermit. It's such a like perfect, yeah. you know, just, just like, you know, stay the course, get things back on track. Like, it's perfect. Well, it's also interesting because this, uh, this guy doesn't seem to be aware. Like, some of the, like, uh, the Muppets all know they're in a movie for, for the most part. And it seems to be part of this, like... Later, we'll see uh, Peter Ustinov in a cameo. He will sort of uh, acknowledge that he's in a movie. But this, it, it seems like uh, the the idea of this uh, Peter Falk character, this disheveled gentleman, is that he actually doesn't know that this is a movie. He just somehow wandered in while they were shooting this thing and sat down on this bench next to Kermit just completely randomly. Well, in, and he actually says, Kermit says, we're trying to make a movie. And he actually says, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't Gee, know that. I'm sorry. And he doesn't even look up at the camera or anything like that. He's just like, oh, huh, I didn't know that. He's just so nonchalantly. Yeah. And then he wanders off. And, uh, well, of course, before he wanders off, he tries to sell Kermit a watch. Yes. Right. right? <laughs> Which is really good. That, I, that's, that's like the perfect punchline. I yeah. Think. I can't think of any instance where Kermit has worn a watch. I mean, I'm sure... I'll, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, he, he tries to sell him a, like a magic disappearing watch too, right? Did you notice how it, when he gets up, he's got the watch in his hand and he didn't before? Oh, is that right? No, I, I didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah, he, the the hand that has the cigar, he's he's passed the cigar back over. Um, but he when he stands up, he's his hand that's closest to Kermit has a watch in it, um, which he doesn't until he's standing up. So oh, that, yeah, you're right. It just kind of materializes. 
Yeah. Continuity error. <laughs> I wonder if that's on IMDb. You should add it to the goofs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not not much of one. I mean, you figure a guy like no. that's probably good at palming things, you know. Oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. for sure. Or I do like the the idea um, that he was going to try to do a magic trick for Kermit. Yeah, yeah if Kermit d- didn't want to buy the watch, he's going to do magic. Yeah. Of course. Sure. Um, but I do love that as he up, Kermit just there's this shot of Kermit just looking disgusted as he shakes his head and says no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love any time that Kermit, any time that it a puppet shows that kind of like clear emotion. We've talked about that a lot on this movie. I feel like, but yeah, you it know, delights me every time. Yeah, right for sure. That's a good one. Yeah. There is actually one um, additional bit in the July twenty second, nineteen eighty draft of the screenplay with with the disheveled gentleman. After Kermit tells him that his guess at his story was completely wrong. And he says, how about this? He actually continues. He says, um, okay, how about this? You were walking along the beach one Tuesday morning when you saw the shattered hulk of a World War II tanker bobbing up and down near the jetty. And then that's when Kermit interrupts him. <laughs> that's pretty good. I know, yeah, I know we've just said that maybe this goes on or maybe this shouldn't go on any further, but I actually would have liked to see that. Something about the the word choice in that just... Makes me laugh. Yeah, I, I like that too. And on a Tuesday morning, you saw the shattered <laughs> hulk of a World War II tanker. Uh, yeah, you know, that's that's great too. Yeah, but I I love that Kermit um, reasserts control at this moment. You know, he like we sometimes talk about like the boring human parts in Muppet movies, and he like he dismisses the human here. Yeah, for sure. You're right. Mm. Absolutely. He's, I mean, not that I found this part boring remotely, but like he's he's kind of like, okay, all right, human, like we're <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, yeah. So, anything else about Peter Falk before we bid him farewell? I, only one more thing. Uh, it's not about him specifically, but just that this part of the movie, like a thing that I love about this moment is this is the sad part of the movie. And it's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, like this is kind of the low moment because there are a couple of little reversals and things later, but everything's so frenetic that you don't really have time to like kind of sit with it. So this is like the down moment in the movie. And yet it's completely signaling to you the whole time that it's going to be okay. I mean, even with the glass slipper, like we see the glass slipper and we know this is a Cinderella story and we know how that ends. Like, you know, and Kermit never even says anything about being sad. And then the only thing that he says is like reasserting that, that this is a movie and we're going to move on with it. And I don't know, it's, there's something lovely about the lowest point in the movie being like, yeah, it's no, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like no, that that's lot. true. Hmm. So moving on then to the next thing Kermit hears is Piggy. Uh, we hear her yell, get your filthy hands off me. Mm-hmm. And then we see, like, we see her. She's obviously she's chastising a handsy fellow. We we also hear a splash, right? And then we go over. We see Piggy, and there's a guy with a bowler hat holding an umbrella in the pond. Now he says, "I beg your pardon, young lady." And Piggy says, "Just keep your hands to yourself, Turkey." Right? Do we think this guy actually like a proposition to Miss Piggy? Because he seems very confused about yeah, the whole I- thing. I 
we we really don't have a lot of evidence either way. He he does seem completely taken aback, like he can't imagine any reason why Piggy would push him into the pond. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that's exactly what he wants everyone to believe who happens to be watching. Yeah. I, I- I figure he's confused because he just like stumbled out of a time machine from the 1920s or 30s. (laughs) Like this is 1981. Are people still wearing bowler hats and carrying umbrellas? I I mean, in this movie, I mean, like look at everyone at the Dubani club, right? Look at, look at Robert Benchley sitting on the park bench when we first get to London, get to England. Like this movie kind of takes place in a a weird out of time. uh, That's true. Robert Morley. What did I say? Robert Benchley. Oh, that would have, I mean, he was dead, I think, by this time, but that would have been good too. Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Robert Morley. Um, yeah, it's just this movie, it takes so many cues from 1930s musicals and things, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah he's so, kind of, this guy is kind of a type. He's just this very British. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> British just like man. a, sh- <laughs> yeah, he's like a shocked gentleman. Yes. Yeah. In, in and, case you forgot where you were. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and as far as I can tell, like Muppet Wiki doesn't list an actor for this uh, character. No, I don't think we know who he is. No, and um, IMDb thinks that he is the French New Wave film director Eric Romer, which is certainly not true. Yeah, no. I saw that too, which is zero percent chance. That's, that's like that, <laughs> right. that is as likely as Jim Henson playing a minor in Ernest Goes to Camp, right. which is another thing IMDb claims. Also it's not true. Also not true. Um, sometimes IMDb is wrong. So anyways, we don't know who the actor is, but he really throws himself into the part here. I feel like for such a tiny part, like he's very, you know? Yeah. He, he gives it everything he's got. And you know, it's, this is not, uh, uh, this is kind of a thankless role because he has to be, you know, soaking wet in this pond. Right. And possibly someone who just attacked Miss Piggy. Like that's, that's all we know about him is that Miss Piggy throws him into the water. For for getting grabby, right? Yeah. Uh, which is again, this is like some, this is one of those things where like watching it two minutes at a time. I've never given that guy a second worth of thought. No, till now. <laughs> Why would you? Right. Right. But yeah. um, he's just a device for making noise and drawing attention that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. So so then Kermit and Piggy have some classic romantic comedy banter for the rest of the scene, and. I love this. This is like this scene and into the next minutes. Like this might be my favorite scene in the movie. It's a good one. And it starts with Kermit saying, Hey, you, because he still doesn't know her real name. He doesn't know Piggy's name. Yeah. Um, he finds, so, and, and then of course he says, well, 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 if it isn't the fake lady holiday. <laughs> yeah. And right. Piggy, Piggy being demure, one of her signature poses from her portfolio. <laughs> uh, she doesn't do the pose, but she behaves very demurely and says, Hello. <laughs> this was the thing I was going to ask you. Um, so she does her like classic, okay, I'm going to turn around and then make my entrance, even though I'm already in the scene, like the, the turnaround thing. Like, is that taken from a particular like old movie actress or is it is it a trope or something? She does that all the time. And she does it several times in this movie where she just, you know, like does the slow turnaround well, well i mean there's like there's like norma desmond right like so, so which obviously like piggy's not a, piggy's not over the hill piggy's not 
Uh, Norma Desmond, for those who might not know, is Gloria Swanson's character in Sunset Boulevard, who's a faded silent movie actress and kind of acts like she's starring in a movie all the time, even though she's just at home with her butler, <laughs> her, her, you know, kept man and occasionally her chimpanzee. Um, like, Check I it mean, out. it's kind of like that, yeah. right? Like, like that's kind of yeah. what Piggy's doing. Just like behaving as though she's in the spotlight at all times. Yeah. It's right. funny though, that, that, when she turns around as Kermit approaches, it does kind of play as if it's a reveal, even though we've just seen her face in the previous shot. Right. A- and heard her incredibly distinctive voice. <laughs> yes. Right. It's a reveal to Kermit, I guess. Yeah. Right. But And I love that moment when she first, when she turns around and sees him, because I have no idea how Piggy's face can be that expressive. Like she goes from, I'm ticked off with this guy in the pond to she looks delighted to see him, you know, in that just like brief second where did she changes expression? I, it's, it doesn't seem possible, but um, yeah. It's right. Well, I'm, I mean, that, that that's, that's Frank Oz though, you know? That guy can do yeah. magic with yeah, puppets. The puppet I don't know, is great, I don't know how he does Frank it. Frank Oz is one of the greatest puppeteers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever that combination is, is unbeatable. Yeah. So she turns around. She says, hello. Um, then they argue about the night before, you know, Kermit says he doesn't know her name. And she, she introduces herself as Miss Piggy. So 57 and a half minutes into this movie, it learns <laughs> Piggy's name. <laughs> so that's exciting. But then they argue and okay. Is it just me? Something I've always thought about this scene is that there are certain lines here where Kermit does not sound like Kermit at all. Yes, absolutely. I've always thought that too. I I used to think it was some kind of error in the audio mixing of the old VHS release of this, but yeah, no, it just, something is off about it. Yeah. Yeah. the, The way he says, yeah, well, I saw the way you were dancing with that guy last night. Like, he it's sounds more like that guy last night. But yeah, he sounds more or... like. Yeah, he he sounds like a, like a morning zoo DJ or something. Like <laughs> you know, like he sounds like Hank Azaria on The Simpsons doing the like these clowns in Congress like voice. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, I don't know why. I wouldn't have like, thought to compare it to that, but sure. Yeah, well, I saw the way you were dancing with that guy last night. It's like Jim Henson briefly forgot how to do Kermit's voice. And then he, uh, Piggy says, you're jealous. And Kermit says, I am not. And he sounds like Kermit again. Right. Yeah. Like, well, like, it's he's, just, it's, it's like two lines. Well, he's moving during that line, you know, where he's saying that guy last night, like he's, could that affect the sound? You I mean, he's physically, you know, how yeah, I get, move. I guess it could, it's just so strange. It's that in like 35 years of playing Kermit, like if I don't think if, I've ever heard another example of, of Jim Henson's voice sounding like it does here. It's, it's very odd. Think of well, another, but like yeah, maybe yeah. if he's, he was out of breath or he was kind of squished doing this this shot or something, or, right. or maybe Kermit's experiencing a different emotion and he's uh, you yeah, know, that's true. That Kermit yeah. Kermit is extremely jealous. Maybe when he gets jealous, his voice. Your dancing partner happens to be a jewel thief. What do you think of that? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this um, is a movie. They had, a obviously, a whole post-production uh, period on this where they could have dubbed that over if they had thought that it needed to be changed, and they didn't, so... Yeah, so... Yeah, the, and, obviously, the director of this movie plays Kermit. Yes, exactly. So, so, he was spending so a lot I kind of time wonder... Well, I wonder if, like, he was going for something specific. 
you know? Could be. That, like, Kermit, I don't know, he's, yeah, he's, he, their emotions are so raw that Kermit's, like, unaffected voice comes out or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's right. Weird. Yeah, but then his little, like, noise that he makes is, like, perfect Kermit. Yeah, yeah, that's but, totally Kermity. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And no, I, I I agree with you. I absolutely love this moment. And I, I mean, Piggy has a lot of wish fulfillment moments in this movie. Um, but I think, in a way, this is the best one because the thing that she's wanted since the first season of the Muppet show is for Kermit to be jealous of her. And here he really is. And she really didn't have to try, you know, she didn't engineer it. She did like Nikki just liked her. And so she just legitimately is this desirable. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. It's not, it's not that she's pretending to having scooter pretend to send flowers to her dressing room. It's an interesting variation of that facet of the Kermit and Piggy dynamic that we don't really think about very often. Maybe that Kermit, yeah, Kermit is capable of, or maybe it's just that his, his real feelings for Piggy tend to come out most easily when he's feeling jealous. Like in the Christopher Reeve episode of the Muppet show where she's kind of like, she keeps saying things like, oh, he's such a hunk. And Kermit says, she never calls me a hunk. So it's like, yeah, that's true. The yeah. moments where Kermit actually realizes how he feels about Piggy tend to be the ones where he's jealous. Although in this, we've already established that he he's really into her. So yeah, he's like, right. so yeah, even he's, more so. In this yeah, but and I right. think that we we know that she equates jealousy with love. You know, she like, um, I think in the Avery Schreiber episode, she even says when she finds out he's jealous, oh, he really, like, he really likes me or really mm. loves me or something, you know? So, yeah. so I kind of feel like this might be her happiest moment where she's like, oh, like this, he's, you know, you're jealous. You really care about me. Right. Well, That's and of course, well, and of course, to the point where he says, I am not. And she jumps up and down and excitedly yells, you are, you are, you are, you are. <laughs> right. And break the moment, totally. (laughs) Which is maybe also part of their relationship. Right. And then Kermit makes a disgusted grunt at her. Like, it's that's that's Kermit and Piggy, right? Like, that's the Muppet Show. Yeah. Versions of them. Um, His his little face when he does the move is just perfect. Yeah, I love it. Um, And then Piggy begs for his forgiveness. And we end with Kermit saying, Piggy, hold it. And then she does. Like, that's the end of this clip. So, <laughs> will she continue to hold it? Come back next week to find out. Come back next week for the next yeah. one. Um, we're not. We're not. There's still other things we can talk about. Um, I love the music during this scene where they're walking. It has mm-hmm. this like peppy little like bouncy out for a stroll music. Yeah, just this little jaunty cue that kind of starts with a flourish as they start doing their little walk and talk. Yeah, I think it's and we, we we've talked about this before. Joe Raposo did write the score for this too, right? In addition to the songs, uh, yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. So he's great. That's all good. He is. All right. Well, that was just about all I had. Any th- any final thoughts before we close? Kelly, I'll start with you. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I have anything else specifically about these scenes. I um yeah. All right. I- Ryan, what do you have? I just wanted to mention Piggy's costume because oh, I yeah. think this scene might be the only time we see this because I think she's changed by the the following scene when they start the musical number. 
but um as with her other costumes in this movie it just it looks very fashionable to me this sort of suit with the coat like a i guess it's a trench coat and the scarf and then i really like the hat which covers one of her ears and has a hole cut out for the other ear to stick out yeah that, that's great so good yeah clothes. it is it yeah. is beautiful and it's her color it's that perfect lavender that matches her eyelids or whatever it is mm, yeah maybe that's yeah why her it, eyelids it yeah we should all wear clothes that match our eyelids <laughs> her eyelids and her gloves right like aren't they right. yeah yeah they go well with yeah. her gloves yeah um and actually i remember there was a quiz in an issue of tv guide probably 20 years ago that said something about like frank oz voice which three of these characters and it was like miss piggy yoda Grover and, you know, something completely along Barney. Tinky Winky. Yeah, Tinky Winky probably. And um, but it was a picture of Miss Piggy in this costume. In mm. that in and I remember thinking like, man, Piggy looks great in that. Like <laughs> reading that at the time when I was yeah. a teenager. So yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Piggy's Piggy, some of her best uh looks in this movie. So Kelly, we like to ask our guests. What uh, like what's your history with the Great Muppet Caper? Do you remember the first time you saw it, and where would you rank it among all the Muppet movies? I I do remember the first time I saw it. I was the perfect age. I was seven years old when it came out in the theater, um, and I saw it in the theater. And I remember it's one of those like spatial memories where I remember where I was um, during the balloon scene at the beginning. And I think I only remember it because of my family referred to it so often, you know, anytime there were credits, we were like, Oh, they all have families, you know? And I yeah, sure. remember it. So I, I think that's the only reason I remember it because the thing that was amazing about being a seven year old in 1981 was that it wasn't unusual to see the Muppets. Like, you know, you, they were on, TV every week or they had been. And, uh, you know, of course you're going to go to the big movie at the movie theater and it's going to be Muppets. And I had a Muppets lunchbox and, you know, they were everywhere. Um, yeah. Right. Time. What a time. So, yeah. So had, did, did you see the Muppet movie in the theater when you were five? Um, I'm not sure. I asked my parents and they think that we did, but they're not sure. Um, I think we okay. did. Because I, again, have one of those like spatial memory kind of things about that moment when the film melts, um, because that was a thing that happened. You know, film really did melt. And um, so but I'm not 100 percent sure that that's a real memory and not a constructed one because I, you know, was only five. So, For sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, The Great Muppet Caper is my favorite of the Muppet movies. Um, it, and sort of for the reason we were talking about, it's just, it's just the most joyful um, of the movies. And I love the original Muppet movie, but I think of it as kind of the prequel to this one because. Huh. It, I love that. Well, it, it sets up everything that pays off in this movie. I mean, this is the point where they make it. You know, the in the Muppet show, they're struggling to keep going and, you know, maybe someday they'll make it. And then the Muppet movie is the journey to Hollywood. And then, you know, oh, how great it'll be when we can be singing and dancing and making people happy. And then 
this is it. And from the beginning of this movie, they broadcast that. Like, we are so happy to be here and this is going to be great and it's going to be great throughout and it's going to be fantastic. And then they keep reminding you throughout and like, (laughs) you know, it's just this joyful moment for all of them and they all get what they want. You know, all the, the, we're talking about Piggy, but I think all the major characters, like they all get what they want most in this movie and the things that they want are set up in the previous movie. And so it's kind of the apex of. Yeah. I I love that. Well, I love the idea that this is like Kermit gets a contract with, with Orson Welles at the end of the movie. And then this is the movie that he actually makes. He right. is now a movie star. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that like the, when he's getting dressed for the date and he has that stepping out with a star, like that's his little moment of getting to enjoy it, you know, which I think is why he tells Fozzie, like he doesn't tell him till the end of the song, you can come with me. Like he's has that one little moment of like, I'm Fred Astaire now. Like this is it. I'm, you know, yeah, making millions of people happy. What he always uh, dreamed about while he was watching those double features. Exactly. Yeah. And Gonzo gets to plummet from even greater heights. And so. (laughs) And Fozzie gets to go on a date with Kermit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Fozzie gets to. We just. What does Fozzie want? He wants to be a team with Kermit. Yeah, he likes. Yeah, yeah, right, right. He's part of the gang. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, the, oh, yeah, you convinced me. Like, we'll we'll be a team. And how much more of a team can you be than being like identical twins and (laughs) (laughs) going on this adventure together? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so I just, I thoroughly love it. It's my favorite. Man, what a great read of this movie. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Aww. Well, thank you for having me on here. This is a delight. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you could come. So that just about brings us down to the end for today. Uh, listeners, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you can find us. Our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Thank you, Stacy. Our logo was designed by Morgan Davey. Thank you, Morgan. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. And Kelly, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, I have a comic strip that's called Little Niddles. Um, so Instagram is probably the best place to find that. It's little, like small things, and then niddles, N-I-D-D-L-E-S. And it is wonderful. I love it. It is, yes. That's sweet. Thank you. Like, obviously, we're friends, but also, I even <laughs> if we weren't, I just think it's a great strip. So, wow, thank you. so yeah, so uh, yeah, I definitely think everyone should check it out. And if you're so inclined, listeners, you can also give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And you can tell all your friends to listen to this show. Join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.